You know what time it is No matter where you've been So let's do it again Listen up and let the sun shine And we've got soul training Time to practice what you preach Ooh, yeah. Yes we do, we've got soul training uh, I see your shirt, Joe. The, I know you took a little trip out west not long ago. You know, some people say California. Uh, where'd you go in California? <laughs> what do other people say instead of California? California. 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 That's what Ricky Ricardo was we saying. Went, you got you to describe for the listener what, what Joe's shirt Oh, it says uh, California like. Ocean Beach, 1850 San Diego. Uh did I say Mission Beach? Well, really what it says is surf San Diego, and there's a bunch of little words. Alan focused on the little words and not the... It's the details in life. It is. It is. How far away were you from L.A.? Um, Where we stayed, we were probably about an hour to an hour and a half because we kind of stayed in what they call North County, San Diego. Did you go to L.A.? No. Have you ever been to L.A.? Nope. Well, yeah. I was in the airport. Does that count? Have you been to L.A., Daniel? I have been. I've been to L.A. probably six times, probably. No smog each time I went, nothing. But I'm, I'm talking about lower, lower Alabama. That's where I'm, oh. I'm not talking but about. I'm, I'm talking about Los Angeles. <laughs> I've been to lower Alabama, too. Yeah, I love it there. I, uh, we'll jump in and get started. I'm really excited about this topic. Uh, and I like always. That's our shortest intro ever, by I'm, the way. We're, I know. Okay. I, I don't want to break it, but keep going. You're doing. You're doing how great. Excited I am. Matthew chapter four, and we're not going to read uh, those eleven verses, but we see where Satan tempts Jesus, and uh, and I really like all the all the responses that that Jesus uh, gives, but uh, he, in summary, he reminds. Satan that you should always refer to, he's referring to scripture. He's going to always turn to scripture to find an answer. And that's what we strive to do here. And today we're going to, there's been a little controversy about the Sabbath day. You know, I have some, some friends who are even just around the block from us here. And another, I don't want to call the name of the, the faith, but, uh, they gathered together. They line up outside on Saturday nights and before they go in, and there's a lot of people who worship on Saturdays that as the Sabbath. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, um, and as Jesus responds to Satan, scripture has the, is the answer has all the answers. And that's what we're going to turn to. And it's amazing when you turn to scripture, what you can find out instead of turning on the tube and, uh, the remote, uh, we're going to reference, I think, the Da Vinci Code. I've never watched that movie. I haven't. Uh, is it like Raiders of the Lost Ark? Not near as good. No. No. I've not watched that either. Raiders of the Lost Ark? I just, it was big when I was a kid. You should watch that one. In in the 80s. Any, anyhow, so I guess um, one of the questions we kicked around, Daniel, was... Um, so why do we worship on Sunday? The Jews had the Sabbath. Uh, we as Christians don't really recognize the Sabbath, um, Saturday, but we worship on Sundays now. So I guess the question posed and possibly what might be the title of this episode is Sunday 
the Christian Sabbath? Well, you've actually asked um, many more questions than than you realized, because uh, why we worship on Sunday and is Sunday the Christian Sabbath are, are really two different things, because a, a common misconception that uh, some have out there in the religious world <clears throat> is that the Sabbath primarily is a, a day of, of worship. Biblically, that's not really the, the case. What um, we should associate Sabbath with is a day of rest. Now, what day we worship and the Sabbath really are two entirely different questions. Um, so let's let's start, if we're, if we're going to title this is Sunday the Christian Sabbath, let, let's start by talking about what the Sabbath actually is so that we know what we're asking when we're saying is, is Sunday the Sabbath? Does that sound good? Sounds, Sounds good to me, Daniel. Okay, well, let's, let's go back to uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 8, and that's where there, there are a lot of instructions about the Sabbath, but maybe that's kind of where it, it starts as far as the law of Moses goes. And there it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or female servant, or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea, and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. All right, so um, that same sort of instruction is is repeated again in Deuteronomy chapter 5. There are a bunch of passages that that mention the, the Sabbath, but the, the defining characteristic, what the Sabbath really about is about is, is rest. You know, for six days you work, the seventh day you you rest, um, and ties that back to uh, creation. So <clears throat> if um if we were to say that Sunday was the Christian Sabbath, then what we would really be saying is that we think that Christians shouldn't work on Sunday, do any work. They should rest on Sunday. And now, does that make um, the Sabbath a a good time to gather and worship since nobody's uh, since nobody's working? Yeah, it, it would be, but that's not really that's not really the defining characteristic of of the Sabbath. Um, if you go back and you look at the, the Israelite worship, they were worshiping all the time. You know, they, they worshiped the sacrifices that took place in the tabernacle, the sacrifice that took place in the temple. These were daily things. As a matter of fact, you really were restricted from uh, traveling very far. And people, most of your Israelites were going to live, um, at least after the time of the, of the wilderness wandering, they were going to live too far away from the tabernacle to uh, practically I traveled there every week, especially on, on the Sabbath. So the Sabbath was being observed and kept holy in the home uh, for, for the most part. And that's, that, that's what's going on there. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Okay. Um, why do you think people have misconceptions about that? You want to go, Joe? Since you've been in conversation, I have a response. I want you to go. I don't want to cut front of me. Since you've been talking to... No, well, I've just over the years I've kind of heard heard these things. What was your question, Daniel? Why why is the why is there a misconception? Yeah, why do you think people have so many misconceptions about uh, the Sabbath being primarily a day of worship instead of a day of rest? Um, I'm not sure. Uh, the New Testament talks about 
um, folks gathering in the synagogues and some of the apostles and Christ teaching on the Sabbath. Um, so maybe that's where some of it stems from. Yeah, they, they did gather a lot of times in synagogues. Um, but, you know, synagogue worship, synagogue, I don't even know if we should call it synagogue worship, maybe. That's the, the real worship took place in the, in the temple and in the tabernacle. But uh, these synagogue gatherings, we think, developed during the time of, of the exile when people, the temple was destroyed and people couldn't go and worship in Jerusalem and make those sacrifices. So there was this, uh, this cultural need to get together and maintain their religion by having times of, of prayer and, and scripture reading together, study together. And that's sort of where those, um, those things came from. And the Sabbath being a time when people aren't working, that was a convenient time for people to uh, together in these synagogues. But those aren't it, the, an interesting thing about the synagogue gatherings is those aren't legis- those aren't mandated by Scripture. The Old Testament doesn't tell the Jews to form the synagogues. Now it's also not criticized. It seems to be uh, accepted as as an okay thing. There's, there's no criticism of it. Uh, it seems even to have endorsement as you see how people are practicing, uh, practicing it in uh, the early, you know, the first century, the, the apostles, Jesus, they all uh, made use of, of synagogue gatherings, but it wasn't something that the law of Moses instructed them to do. You mentioned um, like worship taking place almost daily and, and every day. I know sometimes um, it's been a while, but I, I've gone on a couple of international mission trips, and I've gone to church camp and some other events like there where you are on campus. And you would hear like we would start out on our morning devotionals. They would say, "We're going to go to worship," or "We're going to go." And you know, to some folks that might seem strange, but I mean, you know, we're commanded, and we'll, we can always talk about Hebrews ten twenty four and ten twenty five, and, and a few minutes about worship and gathering and the assembly and everything. But you know, it, it's okay to worship. You know, uh, you know, even you know, like as we record this, um, you know, it's a Wednesday, and we'll have a period of singing praises and uh, songs of praise to to God in a little bit. And today's Wednesday. And so I think sometimes there's, a, there's, I go back to scripture, people are confused because they don't want to study the context or maybe they just want to, want to plug things in instead of trying to sit down and instead of filling in with scripture, filling the blanks in, they want to kind of decide what they want to decide. And that kind of leads me to my next question. Uh, and we, you know, the answer to this, but who decides what to do in worship or when to worship? We know that the object is not us, but God. Well, that's what we're getting at is... I don't want to steal your question, but I'm going to reshape it. That's okay. To instead of what do <laughs> instead of what do we do in worship? Why do we worship on Sunday? Why is that the day? Daniel, that article that, you that's shared. A great question. We shared uh, uh-huh. around us was an Apologetics Press article that spoke a lot about that. And there's this misconception by critics out there that believe the emperor. Constantine was the one that instituted that. Um, can you speak on a little bit of that and then why we know that that's not accurate? Yeah, so there's uh, the the charge made by, Alan referenced the Da Vinci Code 
<clears throat> earlier. Uh, there's a book and, and a movie, but it's a charge that is, is parroted at other places as well. The idea that Christianity, that early Christians kept the Sabbath and, and honored it, but then that Constantine, Constantine shifted the day of, of Sabbath to coincide with the pagans' veneration of the, the day of the sun. And um, so I'm going to push back on that idea that the Sabbath was ever shifted at all, and also that the, the time of Christian worship was, was shifted. You know, what we know was that, well, let's start with extra biblical sources. So Constantine, we're talking about the fourth century. You've got uh, ancient writers that were church, church members, church fathers, but outside of, of the Bible, like uh, Ignatius writing about AD 110, it talks about how Christians have come in the possession of a new hope, no longer observing the Sabbath, but living in observance of the Lord's day. And by that, he, he means Sunday. I was going to just, you got me thinking about Justin Martyr. Uh, I've, I don't know much about Ignatius, but uh, Justin Martyr, I followed him, or not followed him on social media, but I've, <laughs> I've followed some of his, his writing. He's been gone a while, but uh, he noted how Christians would gather together gather on the day called Sunday to read the writings of the apostles and prophets, instruct, pray, give, and eat a bread and wine. Uh, and in the article, it says emphasis added. The only reason why I bring that up is I always get excited when I think about, when I read about non-inspired or non-Bible writers who weren't inspired. They were just recording. You know, they were just uh, just writing things down and, and recording what they saw, which further substantiates and validates Scripture. What what year What year was he? Were you reading that? Uh, looks like Justin Martyr. One, yes, sir. AD one fifty. And Constantine was in the fourth century, so these guys are three hundred years before Constantine. Yeah. So that's years, yeah. It couldn't have been Constantine. That one's that's no. That's provably false. And even apart from that, yeah, and it's provably false even within the Bible. We haven't even looked at, at within the Bible, sure. but you've got at least a couple of examples in you know First Corinthians sixteen verses one and two that talk about the disciples uh, meeting on the first day of the week. And then you also have them doing that in Acts chapter uh, 20, verse 7. Um, both mention Christians meeting uh, on the, the first day of the week. Now, uh, a point of, of clarification, we're talking about the day of worship. Um, like the Jews, Christians are free to worship every day of the week and encouraged, in fact, to worship every day. There are activities, primarily the, um, the the collection of the saints and the the taking of the Lord's Supper that were done, that were modeled on the, the first day of the week. So those were special first day activities. And the reason that uh, we would speculate that the first day becomes so significant for Christians is because that's the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And so with that being the most significant thing that's ever happened, especially to our faith, um, that's a a weekly uh, remembrance, uh, commemoration. We meet celebrating the fact that he rose from the dead. We take the Lord's Supper, thinking about his his death, which, of course, wouldn't have had the meaning that it had without the, the subsequent uh, resurrection. All that, that goes uh, together makes Sunday a, a natural day for Christians to 
to celebrate and, and, and honor that. Can I close um, the loop one thing with Justin Martyr? Joe had touched on. I just read another statement just real quick. Justin Martyr noted how Christians would gather together on the day called Sunday. I read that. It simply is a blatant lie to assert that 300 years after Christianity was born, the Emperor Constantine shifted the day of worship from Saturday to Sunday. So, I mean, it further supports what you've been talking about, but they highlight that it was, it's, uh, it's absurd. But I, there again, you go back to a movie, a book, a movie, you know, what's popular, but without kind of digging, peeling the onion back a little bit and trying to make some reasonable connections. And common sense is what I would call it. Too. So I've heard um, there's a couple of, of different things that brought this topic up of the Sabbath and mm-hmm. Sunday to me, one thing a few years ago, I've heard I heard a guy who was a good man and meant well, but he was talking to me about, or he just said it in a group about, you know, it was so hard to sit there and watch people mowing their grass on Sunday that you shouldn't be doing things like that. And I just kind of scratched my head and I thought, well, why not? Um, Sunday's not, it's not commanded for us to have a day of rest on Sunday. I don't know where that thought, um, I don't know if that's like a widespread thought amongst a, a, a denomination somewhere or, or not. Have you heard anything like that before, Daniel? Yeah, that's, that's sort of, that's sort of old school. It was, um, it comes from just a conflating of the, the Sabbath and, and the day of worship. So the, the Christians have always worshiped on Sunday, especially uh, taking the Lord's Supper on Sunday. That's always been a day of, of gathering from the very, very beginning. Uh, that's, that's what they did. But the Christian, Christians don't celebrate the Sabbath. Um, and through conflating that, there are, there are denominations and religious groups that have taught um, Sunday as a Christian Sabbath. We would push back on that and say, even in the Bible, Christians didn't uh, celebrate the Sabbath in the same way that as Jews did. Now, taking taking some time to rest certainly is a is is an, a wise thing to do, an advisable thing to do, but it's not a religious exercise for us to not work on on Saturday. Well, um, that's the second thing I was going to ask is that I've talked with folks lately who do uh, observe a Sabbath, But they are Christians. It's not they're not Messianic Jews or anything like that. They do it for cultural reasons. They um, it's and again, good, uh, hearted, well-meaning folks that take the Sabbath and do like they did in in, in Jewish in, in the uh, Old Testament. They just no work, no anything. We're going to take the Sabbath, and I guess hang out and prepare their minds. Now there's nothing wrong. Actually, I guess it's encouraged to be thinking about Sunday and preparing your mind for worship on Saturday. Um, but again, it's not in the new Testament. It's not mandated or commanded that we do that. Can you talk a little about, um, um, that? Okay. So let's look at, uh, Colossians chapter two verses uh, 16 and 17. In Colossians chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, it says, Therefore no one is to act as your judge in regard to food or drink or in respect to a festival or a new moon 
or Sabbath day, things which are a mere shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So there Paul talks about the Sabbath day specifically, among other things, as something that uh, Christians aren't supposed to let others uh, judge us regarding, which I would take to mean that we can't be condemned for, for not celebrating the Sabbath or these other festivals of the Old Testament. And he points out that those are a mere shadow of the things that were to come in the substance belonging to Jesus. I want to talk about a way that the Sabbath is a, is a shadow of substance that Jesus, um, that Jesus brings. So the Sabbath is tied in the law of Moses to creation, or to the creation week. Well, let's go back and think about that. So in six days, God works, so to speak, in, in creating the universe and, and all things in it. The Sabbath day, he's at rest. Now, do we think that God physically needed the rest? He was just tired. He really needed a day off. I really don't feel like that's um, that, that's probably what it's about. The rest may have been, meaning that you know his his work of creation was done. He was at rest with his creation. All right now, after sin comes into the world, after Adam uh, and Eve sin, there are certain consequences that come about. Do you remember what the consequence was for Adam specifically for for man? That you would work. The, the, yeah, the work was going to get harder, right? He's going to have to work, and, and and the work was going to be much harder than otherwise would have been. Um, so as the Israelites are working their their work week, and they're wor- laboring those six days, that physical labor is kind of a reminder of the consequence of, of sin and not being at rest with God because that labor uh, is is so hard because of Adam's as a consequence of Adam's sin, and then the day of rest is a physical rest, and it's good. But like many things of the Old Testament, the physical is a shadow of the spiritual realities. That physical rest foreshadows the the spiritual rest that is is needed in in reunion with God. So I would suggest then that Jesus is ultimately the fulfillment of the Sabbath rest. He is able to actually put God back at rest with mankind, his creation, uh, by removing that obstacle, that barrier of sin. And so we spiritually no longer have that that need for that type of, of reminder Still taking time to physically rest is a good thing for us, but for the the spiritual purpose, the Sabbath no longer has that same spiritual purpose for us because we have the real Sabbath, Jesus, the real rest in our relationship with God and a reunion of that relationship that's been, uh, that's able to be restored in a way it could not have been before Jesus. Does that make sense? It does. It makes sense. And as you were talking and you were talking about specifically about Adam, I flipped to Genesis chapter 3 and just three short verses, and you think about the work uh, has become much harder than it could have been or should have been uh, because of the decisions that were made in the garden against God's uh, directions. Verse 17 of Genesis 3, Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it, curses the ground, 
for your sake, in toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life, and both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you, till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and to dust you shall return. So to me that's, that's a lifelong struggle uh, that we have to deal with from, from a work standpoint. It really is. Um, so, Joe, do you think we kind of covered the uh, the main questions that, that your friend had? Yeah. <clears throat> well, there are the questions that uh, people are confused on. But I, I seem to come across folks. I don't know. I got to meet some of the people you hang out with, Joe. <laughs> it's a gift, I guess. I don't know. You just attract you – know, my wife tells me, she says, Alan, you just attract certain people. <laughs> So I said, hmm. That's good about, that your wife think, thinks you're attractive. Well, yeah. I, when she says <laughs> yeah. that, I'm thinking. She was attracted at some point. <laughs> exactly. I said, these people that you're talking about, you the people. <laughs> that's your that's magnetic right. personality. You know? Magnetic that's, personality. That's Big Show. He's got that magnetic no, personality. It's that. provided us a lot of good questions for the catalog. But I guess, um, yeah, I think we tackled it. We still have a little bit of time if you'd like to squeeze in uh, your newest dad joke, or you know what, Daniel has grown up on us. He has to now because he, um, he's on staff. He's somewhere. a he's a college professor now. He can't be messing around with laffy taffy dad jokes like he used to. <laughs> yeah, he, I, he, you've been I, I don't even know I've, what that means. I've caught him a few times speaking the old language. He says this and thou sometimes, <laughs> or thou, or saith. He'll say, "Alan, what saith you?" You know, I've caught him a few times. Well, yeah, dad jokes are gone yeah, right now. Uh, we'll have to. Uh, well, we teach in middle English for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. he's it really, really connects with today's college kids when you speak middle English. Sure. Do yeah. you ever say, like, may I have a sweet teeth <laughs> or something like that? No. no. I'll answer that. No. I, I, <laughs> my people are from where Daniel's at right now in West Tennessee. It's where I was born. Nobody's going to fall for that. <clears throat> Anyhow. Well, guys, we're going to end this one a couple of minutes early then. Good. We'll, uh, we'll take uh, a last couple of minutes as, uh, as Sabbath rest um, at the end of this, this episode. <laughs> anyway, so uh, thank you, Big Show Joe. He's, as we're doing these uh, kind of remote uh, recordings, Joe's having to do a little extra work trying to make it all happen. And uh, so we, we're appreciative of him putting in that extra brain power and trying to make all the, the technical stuff work that uh, dear listener, you may not be aware of, but, and then always thankful to my co-host, Alan Jones, Mellow Tones Jones, and thankful to the elders at the South Green Street Church of Christ for making soul training possible. And most of all, thankful to you, dear listener, for letting us be a part of your day. And we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, if you have uh, comments or suggestions, we want to hear all about it. Uh, email us and, and let us know. And don't forget to give us a five-star rating and share it uh, if you don't mind. We would appreciate that, and that lets other people find Soul Training as well. And until next time, keep Soul Training. Soul Training. Time to practice what you preach. Ooh, yes, we do. We've got Soul Training. To learn more, you can email us at soultrainingpodcast at gmail.com or you can write to us 
P.O. Box 503, Glasgow, Kentucky, 42142. That's Soul Training. <laughs>